Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. Wherever you are, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. This is part two of The Believer's Brain, How to Change Your Mind. Our foundational scripture is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 12 through 14. This describes the brilliance of God, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and measured the heavens with a span and calculated the dust of the earth with a measure and weighed the mountains in a balance and the hills in a pair of scales. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or as his counselor informed him? With whom did he consult and who gave him understanding? And who taught him in the path of justice and taught him in knowledge and informed him of the way of understanding? Those are all questions and the answer to those is no one because he is the omnipotent, the omniscient, and the omnipresent God. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He is your and my God. And he is the one who created man in his image after his likeness. And it was his decision, it was his decision to make us in his likeness. And I hope you're excited about that because I'm certainly glad that we're in his image and in his likeness. Jim Rohn, the late philosopher said this, people can do remarkable things because people are remarkable. We're talking to two people the next couple weeks. Those who are experiencing things and those who are experiencing things where their faith hasn't been developed enough to, to, the, to be able to trust God. By way of review, God does not have a problem with education. He doesn't have a problem with biology, calculus. You name the academic subject, he doesn't have a problem with it. In fact, he doesn't even have a problem with the astronomy. He named the constellations. Now this is a bonus, just you know, look these up later. But in Job chapter nine, verses seven through nine, it talks about, and verses 31 and 32, it talks about two constellations. Orion, you've heard that before, because you know there is a movie company named Orion. And Pleiades. There's actually another passage where it mentions those two again. So God did all of that. He threw them out there and he gave them names. Now, by way of root, we're going we're to briefly review brain and mind, the differences. The brain solves a problem. It's proficient at utilizing this moment to survive. How to survive in the next five seconds. The mind, although, is a little different. It likes to argue, it will argue, it'll create obstacles. It looks for the cause or if cause 
and effect, or it's the effective cause, and it is a collection of memories and experiences that are unresolved. Remember, last week we looked at this example, John chapter 3, where Nicodemus and Jesus have a conversation. And Jesus says, even though Nicodemus was very kind, very complimentary, hey, we know you're the son of God because nobody can do what God does unless God's with them. Jesus simply said to him, look, man, real simple. This is my translation. He said, look here, man, it's just as simple. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Can a man, this is where his mind starts to argue, starts to reason, tries, tries to put that in some kind of context up here. In the mind, he says, can a man reenter his mother's womb? That's what the mind does, okay? That's the difference. Now I wanna say this, there's nothing wrong with your brain, the organ, the one that has the, the different components to it, the right hemisphere, left hemisphere, the, 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 the brain stem and, and the cerebellum and the prefrontal cortex. There's nothing wrong with that, that organ. This week we're gonna address anxiety, stress, depression, PTSD versus laughing. Hmm, interesting. What is PTSD? Well, first of all, it's not a mental illness. It's been proven it's not a mental illness. It is a normal person's reaction to a very abnormal situation or series of events. That's important for you to know. And it's important for you to know that this happens to a number of people, people on the front lines, people in the military, nurses, um, anybody. Even, I won't go there with that, with, that, with that example, but you understand that when uh, something like the, uh, uh, the apartment complex that collapsed in Florida and the frontline workers are there trying to rescue those down there, that's an example of a abnormal situation. For over a month, they were trying to recover bodies, and I'm sure they recovered dismembered bodies. Well, that's leaving an imprint, obviously through the eyes and going to the brain. You do that on a consistent basis. You do that on a layered basis. And you continue to do that kind of work and never really having an, a, a way to deal with that. Then you can develop PTSD but it is not, and I say that again because here's, here's the point, because PTSD, with the, even though it has that stigma of a mental illness, many people will not acknowledge it because they can't, one. Their job may not allow them to do it, okay? I don't wanna to go too far into that. We're gonna talk about anxiety for a second. Now this is what the national Institute of Mental Health said, important decisions, the finals of a sporting event, taking a test, these are considered normal types of anxiety. It's okay. Going for an interview, you get that rush of adrenaline. 
butterflies in the stomach, all that good stuff. That's normal. Where the problem becomes, where it becomes a disorder is when those same butterflies, that same rush of adrenaline, that same rush of cortisol, these neurotransmitters, they stay there and you stay in a state of hyperactivity, you stay in this state of hyper uh, vigilance, you're always looking around, you're very concerned. That's when it's a problem. You can't sleep at night. Now how normal would it be you just took a final, it's over, but you're still worried about the final. Not normal. You have to be able to deal with it. As I shared with you before, uh, I'm, I'm a part of a group that is where I'm trying to uh, uh, acquire my coaching certification in brain-stimulated wellness, becoming a brain wellness interventionist, and there are, just like fitness, there are fitness trainers, there are uh, consultants in various other areas of our lives, there are brain wellness interventionist coaches. I'm working on my certification in that very thing. Now, so we know it's not a, it's not a mental illness. Uh, anxiety is, is interesting. Uh, listen, listen to this scripture. If, you're in, if you have your Bibles open, please go to Philippians chapter 4. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to read it from a little different translation. I'm going to read Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8 from the Amplified. Check this out. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace that transcends all understanding, that peace, peace excuse me, which stands guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Is yours. Let me go on. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, Whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, continually, continue, watch what he says, continually on these things, center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. Now, why? Because as we said last week, the mind is the problem. Remember last week we said that the mind isn't born again. Even though you are a new creation in God, you're a new creation in his son Christ Jesus, you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. It is the mind that doesn't become born again. 
there's this process known as a transformation of the mind or the transforming of your mind and or the renew it comes about as a result of renewing your mind that's not a one-time deal being born again that's one time bam the moment you say i confess jesus is lord he is my savior i accept him as my savior boom born again you're now a member of the family of god that's instantaneous people on their deathbed they realize that Jesus is the son of God. They receive him as their Lord and say, boom, he or she is in heaven. Citizen of the kingdom. But that thing called the mind. Oh my. Friend, you and I. That's where all the thoughts come in. That's where the devil starts to. You, you, hear the, you hear the word. Now watch this. Watch this. It, this is not in your notes. This is not in my notes, but this is something I believe the Holy Spirit is saying. Remember in Mark chapter 4, when Jesus talks about the sower sowing the word, and he gives the illustration about the sower sowing the word, and what happens when the sower sows the word. Here, here's, here's what's important. Once the word is sown, immediately there are several things that happens to that word to be tested. If it's sown on good ground, it will produce, Jesus said. But if it's not sown on so good a ground, immediately the devil and circumstances, they all come to try to steal that word so that it doesn't produce fruit. Immediately, Jesus said, immediately so as you're hearing this word what's going to happen is you'll leave here wherever you are you'll leave from in front of your screens and you'll sit down you'll start meditating you might start thinking and a circumstance will come to try to steal that word it will be up to you my friend to protect that word it's gonna be up to you You'll have to begin to think on these things that Paul just described. Okay? You have to do it. You have to protect. You have to guard your heart. You have to guard your mind. Let me continue with the uh, New King James. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if and if anything worthy of praise, think on these things. And again, here's what I would say to you, because when you do this, you're releasing certain neurotransmitters, chemicals from your brain, just like when you face a circumstance that causes cortisol to rush adrenaline to rush, you become afraid, you might freeze or fight or flight. It's the same, well, it's not the same chemicals, but it comes from the same place. It comes from the brain, but it's designed for a certain purpose and a specific purpose. But by the same token, 
Oh, next week. I'm so looking forward to next week because I got a, I got a situation, a biblical situation where you're going to see what Jesus does to stop and address. And I have a concern. I'm not going to argue with you, okay? You can say fear is a emotion if you wish, but I'm not going to argue with you. But I would question that. Here's why I question it. I've been meditating lately. I mean, really meditating on this idea that it is, in fact, because the Bible does say it, that it is a spirit. Now, here's where I'm going with that. Pastor Heather, a couple weeks ago, did a fantastic job on teaching about feels. She mentions in there about the Garden of, Garden of Eden, right? And when God came in the garden, this, this is what grabbed my attention. God, here comes God. Adam. 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 Where are you? Ah. Uh, <laughs> I uh, heard you. <laughs> I got a little nervous and um, became afraid and hid myself. Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Now see, this is new language. Prior to this, prior to Adam consuming the fruit he wasn't supposed to eat. He's walking around with God with no fear. None, zero. Why? Because he, the mandate was for him to have dominion over everything. And he was to teach that to his wife. They ate, and I believe, it's just my personal opinion, I believe that had he threw it down, evicted the serpent, things would have been fine. That's just my opinion. And all it is, let me repeat, that is my opinion. He would have evicted the, the serpent, life would have went on. But he didn't. He ate. And then he says to God for the first time, I heard your voice and was afraid. Wow. Now watch this. I'm going to go on because i got a couple other points to this. All this is free. This is not in your notes. This is free. John says this. That Jesus if you have the love of God, or if you're afraid, the love of God is not perfected in you. Hmm. He that fears is not made perfect in love. Hmm. I don't want to jump ahead to next week's ex perfect example. But isn't it interesting that every time, watch this, when circumstances are life-threatening, especially when Jesus was on the earth, one of the first things that Jesus responds with is what? Do not. Do not be afraid, especially if he was with them. If he was there, he present, don't be afraid. So I'm not saying that the brain chemistry isn't there for that. I'm just saying I don't know that it's an emotion. That's all I'm saying. Nothing more. You have to wrestle that out with yourself. All right. Now, look, here we are. 
Colossians chapter 3, you'll have to research this on your own. Colossians 3.16, I believe it tells us to set your mind. Here's what, when, when you set your mind, friends, what's happening then in the brain, new neuronal pathways are being connected. It's like learning something that you didn't know how to do before. Whether that is a new language. When you learn a new language, there are new connections that are made. And the more you practice that new language, if you're an English speaker or if, you're, if that's your primary language, but you choose to learn a new language, what happens is again, there's new neural connections and the more you practice using that language, the more they solidify and they become more stable in your brain. And now you can then flow with that language. If you're not ambidextrous and then you decide to train yourself to become ambidextrous, new connections happen in the brain. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Okay? We're going to talk about one neurotransmitter in particular, endorphins. They describe endorphins as being the, uh, the brain that helps to relieve pain, uh, triggers feelings of pleasure. Uh, isn't it interesting, isn't it very interesting that uh, the Bible tells us that the joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Isn't it interesting how good you feel after really, really, really having a good old fashioned belly laugh? You know, the kind of laugh that I'm telling you that when, 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 whether it's a funny story, whether it's in a movie or whatever the case may be, you, some, you might even drool on yourself. It's so funny. I mean, you just laughing that hard. You, you're out of control. You're making all kinds of snorting sounds. You, you, roll, uh, you might even be rolling on the floor. But what's happening is those chemicals from the brain are helping to drive out these old, the old nasty chemistry that's been sitting there. There's a professor, former professor in, here's, here's a, listen to this, uh, medical news today. Endorphins are peptides that interact with opioid receptors in the brain to help relieve pain and trigger feelings of pleasure. Former professor at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, what's up, California, uh, she quotes this Chinese philosopher, Su, T-U-Z, or T-Z-U, excuse me. This is what he said, listen to this. If you are depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, we already read about that being anxious, you're living in the future. Remember what Jesus said, take no thought about tomorrow. Jesus told us that. 
Isn't that interesting? And here we are, just, as humans, we're just now figuring this out, that I, can't, I shouldn't be anxious or don't let anxiety get a hold of me or, or whatever. And Jesus already said, hey, be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow can take care of itself. He also said this, Sue guy says, uh, watch this. But if you're in peace, you are living in the present. And the peace of God, if you're thinking on these things found in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 8, you're living in the present. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Now, for the first time, Matthew chapter 26. This is the first time, this is the first time we see the Son of God stressed. He is in the garden, all 12, excuse me, 11, because one of them, you know what the other one did, uh, he set him up. Um, oh, no name. The other 11 are with him. Jesus then takes three more, takes three, his top three, James, Peter, and John, hey, go with me. I need to go pray. But Jesus at this point, at what's about to take place is, we see the first time ever, the stress of what he's about to experience. My, listen, he says, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. He was so stressed he was so grieved at a, what is about to take place. The Bible says that sweat, the sweat that he was experiencing became like blood. That, friend, is some stress that I don't know anything about. The pressure almost got him. It almost got him. Even when he was on, uh, out in the wilderness, uh, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, didn't have that kind of stress. And he faced the devil. He did not have that kind of stress. But what the stress was from, he knows that for a period of time, the, the, the relationship, the, the close connection with his father was about to happen and the weight of the world and the sin of the world was about to be placed upon him. That's why the stress, and listen, it was mental. It wasn't, it wasn't physical, it was mental. You would say, well, Jesus is the son of God. But listen, here's the thing you gotta understand. Jesus, the Bible says that he lived as a man he went through the, he had the same desires, the same passion. He lived like us. He chose to put on flesh as our high priest. He chose to do that. So it wouldn't be fair for him in his deity to just kind of casually walk through life and not be hungry, not ever sleep. He slept, man, come on. Closing with this passage. Now listen, 
we're going back to the mind now. Going back to the mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Here's the problem. Here's why you must take control of your mind so that your brain can do what it's norm what it is created to do. This is why you must get that mind under control, bring the mind and all that it brings to the party. You have to get it under control so that your brain knows how to respond instead of react. Now watch this. Second Corinthians five. Excuse me, Second Corinthians ten, verse five. We are destroying arguments. We already said what the, what the mind does earlier. It argues. And all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And that's what's important, my friend. You and I, we must capture every thought that enters through the, into the mind that would raise itself against God's knowledge, against God's word. Because if you don't, you'll still continue to flounder as a Christian. <laughs> Some things are non-negotiable with God. Many things. You have to settle that. Where? In your mind. Because once you settle it in the mind, the brain can help you and me. Because we'll know how to, listen, respond. I got one more illustration for you. And we're closing with this. Hey, God, uh, Jesus, got a, got, a, got a young lady here. She was uh, <clears throat> doing the unmentionables, if you know what I mean. Moses said, uh, we're supposed to stone her. What do you say? Watch, watch the Son of God demonstrate how to respond, not react. Respond, not react. Moses said, we're supposed to stone her. What do you say? Remember he bowed down, started writing in the sand. Stands back up. Uh, it's just Jesus and the woman. Woman, where are your accusers? Uh, they're gone, they're all gone. I don't accuse you either. Responding, not reacting. The law did say that, but he responded, not reacted. He operated by a different set of principles, a different set of guidelines. His mind was fixed on him above, not on the things on the earth. Letter of the law kills, but the spirit gives life. Having said that, if you would bow with me, those of you who are in, out there, who have never received, you're hearing the message of Jesus for the first time. This prayer is real simple. And you can instantaneously be a member of the family of God in the kingdom of God. If you just repeat after me, dear Lord God, 
I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he was born of the Virgin Mary. I believe that he, was, he lived as a man. He was crucified. He was buried. And you raised him from the dead. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Your word says in Romans chapter 3, I believe, he says that um, we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart. We shall be saved. I thank you for receiving me as you're uh, receiving me into the kingdom. And amen and amen.